0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This is our seventh podcast, and this week we're going to be analyzing the Smith versus Span card going down this Saturday, September 18, 2021. We got a decent 15 fight card going down this weekend. How you feeling, Ozzy? Uh,
1: you know, feeling all right. We've got a a, a decent stretch here of uh fight night event, right i think by the time that the ortega volkanovsky uh card takes place it'll be you know almost six weeks between pay-per-view cards and i you know i'm feeling a little lull in the action you know football you know football came back last week and all but uh you know we have uh this main event here between smith and span and uh, hopefully we get through this quickly and uh right to that uh next pay-per-view card
0: yeah definitely not the most exciting card but uh some interesting fights, I guess we'll get into all those. And just a quick recap of the last event two weeks ago, the Brunson versus Tilcard. card. Uh, I lost 0.7 units on official track bets. Um, don't really, it was so far away. It was so far ago that I don't even remember uh, really much what we said. But uh, how'd you do in official track bets for that one, Ozzy?
1: Yes, yeah, so I came came out up two units uh, on six units total uh, of track bets. There, I think I, I say the only you know bet that I probably regret is uh, the Dolce bet, but you know it was a plus plus one fifty you know guy there. I ended up flipping onto Roundtree after thinking about it more, and you know that that line getting close to plus one fifty. And then of course, like I I, I said, uh, Julian Arosa, just an awesome bet, maybe one of the best bets uh, of the card other than Brunson, obviously, you know, catching that Darce in the uh, third round. Uh, he was just, I I feel better than, uh, Jordan everywhere. His chin held up and he was able to find a finish, uh, you know, towards the end of that fight. And I think he would have won a decision anyway. And then, uh, you know, Luigi let uh, a lot of people down, you know, Patty, uh, ended up uh, being able to to take some shots there and then, you know, mount that comeback there. Um, but, you know, Duffy probably a guy that you look to fade in the future, maybe, but, you know, solid performance by him. Don't want to take anything away from him, but Luigi, you know, blew his wad out in like two minutes, which is totally embarrassing. Uh, and then just got demolished by some of those shots that were definitely really solid and clean on the chin.
0: Yeah. That Pimlet fight was pretty funny. And just uh, looking over my bets, um was definitely wrong about sergey spivak There lost on that one but uh, i did bet ends by knockout in jordan Rosa. if that bet hits uh, i ended up profiting for the week so i'm, I'm fine with the week um, or how the bets went in general but um that's enough of last week uh let's get into this week we got 15 fights and we'll try not to spend too much time on so, some of these low level matchups and speaking of low level that is the first fight of the night we got emily whitmire taking on hannah goldie whitmire is currently the favorite at let me pull up best fight odds. We got, I think, uh, Whitmire is minus 130. Um, my between minus 125 and
1: minus 130.
0: Yeah, Whitmire, yeah, and then uh, Goldie coming back plus 110. Uh, you can start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this women's fight?
1: Uh, yeah, so you know, um, Emily Whitmire has been in the UFC and been around, you know, just you know, topsy turvying around for, for quite a while. She's four and four, although she did have a, a few fights there on the Ultimate Fighter in that inaugural uh season there. Um, You know, she's in here, she's getting uh, Hannah Goldie a a little bit short notice, she was supposed to fight Corey McKenna, but that fight was supposed to be at 115, I think, Goldie couldn't make 115 on uh, short notice, so his fight's up at 125, Um, and you know, how I see his fight, I just... uh, Emily Whitmire, she she has some you know kind of skills, but the the thing is, like the best thing about her is her ground game. Although I think all of her her losses, or a bunch of her losses, are by submission in in her own right. So she kind of panics sometimes, you know. I I don't see. I think you know coming in here, Goldie. Obviously, she's she's absolutely jacked. Um, has some good attributes. You know, she had that tough fight against Belbita in that last fight where she was a small favorite, and you know mounted a comeback there late. But uh, here, I, I just feel how these girls match up. You know, Goldie's at 125 here. She, I think she has the f- physical attributes. She has a more diverse uh, striking game on the feet. Um, Whitmire's best attribute or best skill is her ground game. But, you know, it's kind of like hit or miss, like her takedowns, like she's going to have to hit. But I don't really see her uh, landing many leg attacks on Goldie's Goldie in the single or double leg uh, realm. You know, I think it's going to have to be a clinch and, you know, an immediate takedown uh, there. So. I think it's going to be pretty hard to take her down. Uh, I think Goldie's basically like a better version of the girl Al- Albu that she fought. Um, and I think that Goldie potentially could get on top of uh, Whitmire. She's definitely way more gritty than Whitmire. I think way more mentally strong. Um, and you saw in that fight against Belbita, she was getting smashed and was able to mount a comeback there. So Goldie here at this plus price, you know, you have a girl that, that's probably not going to put her down very easily. And um, I think if, if Emily does not get a uh, submission, I think Goldie probably pulls out a decision here. So outside with Goldie here, especially that I don't need to lay any juice and for sure laying any kind of juice on uh, Whitmire is, is ultimately a bad decision.
0: Yeah, your last point uh, was really the most poignant one. Just Whitmire is a favorite. It's just a bad idea. Uh, you mentioned something that I really hadn't really put together was this fight is at 125. Goldie, her last fight against Belbita was 125. So she's a lot more used to this uh, weight class. I think the fight being at 125 is going to be. One, an advantage. Uh, her, the Belbita fight is at
1: 115, but she has uh, uh, Goldie has fought at 125 against uh, Granger before.
0: Oh, really? OK, um, so. Yeah, good point about that. And I just see Goldie is a lot less fluky, a lot more durable. I mean, she ate some big shots from Belbet in that entire fight, and just kept coming forward. And actually had a really good moment at the end of round three there. And that's a a huge feather in her cap, you know, to eat those big shots, to be losing the fight, but to never really give up and keep coming at you. I think that's more toughness and grit than Whitmire has ever shown. And Whitmire, her last fight, I mean, she got guard sub, she got a takedown, she's in top position, and then she, I mean, she was in top side control and. then 60 seconds later she's tapped into an armbar i mean just pathetic to be getting caught in those kind of submissions in 2020 in mma and you can't be betting those type of fighters as a favorite so i don't have any in-depth analysis about why goldie's a, a better fighter technically i just think like i said she's a lot more durable a lot less fluky i see her losing um i don't see her losing in like fluky on guard submission type of ways like Whitmire can. So I'll side with Goldie, I'll side with her strength in this one. And I think she could probably get on top and do some good work here. Like you said, so we're in agreement with this one siding with Goldie. Um, but I'm still not in a rush to bet her, even though she is the, the pick at plus money. It's not a fight that you really are eager to bet. So, um, we're both picking Goldie there, and we're going to move on to the next fight, men's bantamweight division. We have Alatang Haley as the minus one thirty four favorite taking on Gustavo Lopez plus one ten. Uh, that's the line on Fanduel right now. I'll start this one off because I do have a track bet on this one. I took uh, Alatang Haley minus one hundred five uh, about a week ago, and you know got some clear CLV on that, so I'm already uh, celebrating the win on this one. Um, but I'd see Alatang as an improving fighter. You know, he does have those UFC victories over Benoit and over uh, Dana backrell and Dana is doing some pretty good things in his past recent fight, so that's definitely the best win these two guys have in their careers, uh, is Alatang's win over Dana, and Alatang is a tough, durable guy. You saw him get battered by Casey Kenny, but keep coming forward in that entire fight. Lopez, not so durable. We've seen him hurt in the regional scene. We saw him get dropped by Adrian Yanez a few times. And I just don't think Lopez is that good um, in any aspect of MMA. I mean, he can charge you and get aggressive early and hurt you with some strikes like he did to Burchak, but... Uh, I don't see that being too big of an issue for Alatang here because he's so durable he's a good striker of his own right he's got a solid right hand and Alatang also has some decent wrestling skill to rely on in those close rounds we saw him rely on that in the Benoit and the Dana fight where those fights were probably 1-1 heading into round 3 and you saw the cardio the wrestling advantage of Alatang come out in those round 3 and he won both round 3 in those fights to secure the decision so that was uh, a really good thing I saw from Alatang and that's why I'm siding with him here I think the striking is going to be close. I don't think either guy has a huge advantage, and I think the cardio and the wrestling advantage of Alatang is going to win him this decision here. So I like Alatang for a one-unit bet, and I'll pass it over to you, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this Bantamweight fight?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Alatang's had a pretty interesting career. If you look over his record, uh, he had a you know bunch of losses early on. And then, you know, since since then, or, you know, in his la- he in his last, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 or so fights, uh, he's won all of them except for the Casey Kenny fight and then losing to Kai um, Ay- Akura? Ayukura. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it, but the, the champion over uh, in Ryzen. Uh, and, you know, he, he's impressed me in a few of his fights. Obviously, see the casey kenny fight i think was a, uh, you know he was just having a super hard time uh with uh the southpaw uh nature of uh casey's attack um but in those other two fights that like you said the benoit and uh Danal uh batgirl fight he uh he, he showed his you know his ability to, to land some shots uh use his wrestling if needed um and you know was able to to uh, fight well in both of those third rounds. Uh, Gustavo, on the other hand, if you look at his record, he's one and three in decisions. Um, he, you know, oftentimes, you know, his, his best his best round is the first round. Um, I think his best path to victory in any of his fights is, you know, get it getting takedowns, looking to to keep control on top, uh, looking for for the uh, person on bottom to make a mistake for him to capitalize, take the back, do something like that. Um, you know, has some submission ability, but you know, I think here I see that he's training at Extreme Couture. So, you know, they do have a good stable of 135ers over there. But on the feet, he doesn't have really good range finders. Um, I don't really think he connects much of his game together very well. Um, and I think he slows down pretty, pretty uh significantly, and it's easy to start hitting him as the fight goes on. I feel Alatang, on the other hand builds a lot more um is able to stay in, in form and stay in his stance and you know do um you know be as good in the third round as he is in the first round very often and i, I think some of the problems that um Gustavo will pose to Alatang will be pretty easy for him to figure out. Um I feel that Alatang has some pretty good timing. Although Gustavo him Credit does have some kind of timing, but um, you know, I just, you know, the line is moving uh towards Alatang. And, you know, by now I think it's it's in the accurate range more or less. Um I told a few guys early on in the week that I liked Alatang, but I was kind of lazy overall um to bet him. So you know I don't have any action on him now, but I do think he is a side Um, I feel that it could be a competitive fight though, because, you know, Alatang, you know, you haven't seen too many people shoot takedowns on him. Uh, so, so I think, uh, Gustavo could do some decent work uh, early on, but, um, but as the fight wears on Alatang, he's jacked, he's uh, training over there at, um, Fight ready with uh, Henry Cejudo and a bunch of those guys, so I think he'll be able to pull out a, a win here. Um, I'd be surprised to see a finish on either side. Alatang's pretty educated with his defense in you know a number of positions, and I feel that Gustavo, you know, he uh, I don't think he's gonna get. Uh, I think he'll fight conservatively. You saw it took a while for Giannis uh, to start landing big on him, and Alatang, although he has shown some power, I think decision is uh, decision is more than likely the outcome of uh, of this fight.
0: Nice. We're in agreement there. And that's going to take us to the next fight in the Welterweight division. i don't know by you, Ozzy. I think this is probably the best matchup on the entire card. And we got Impa Kasaganai, uh taking on Carlton Harris. Uh, Kasagani is a slight minus 120 favorite, Harris plus 100, but there's two way action. And uh, you can start this one off. What are you thinking about this Welterweight fight?
1: Man, you know I'm a big fan of Carlton Harris, big fan of his. Uh, You know, he got us to the window uh, in a big way in his last fight Um, and he's shown, you know, I think, you know, if you look at his uh, tape, uh, it's just a pretty impressive guy overall. You know, he's fought high level competition. Uh, He has a a ton of fights overall. Uh, He was a champion over at Brave, I believe, or, 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 you know, he fought fought up the ladder uh, uh, very highly there, Um, has 20 fights overall. Um, you know, has gotten the decision has only been finished one time. So really solid fighter overall. Um, very long, you know, tall, long guy for the weight class. So I think he, he's a guy who could sniff the top 15 of the UFC, you know, in that, uh, Aguilera fight, I think he had some kind of, um, octagon jitters, you know, he saw him going for a few, uh, You know, ill ill time takedowns, um, and you know, just didn't settle in too much. But as soon as he got to a position that he was comfortable in, you know, it was it was you know, he was so comfortable that he finished it right away. Um, and I think that Impa. You know he's coming down. He's down at 170 once again. I give. I cut him a little bit of slack in that last uh, Palatnikov fight, where you know he did have to fight really early in the day. I think it was like 11:30, 11 o'clock. You know, fight time, and you know, doing your first cut down to 170 is for sure going to be rough. uh, When you combo those two together, Um, I saw an interview where he said that he's walking around a, a, a bit lighter now. I think he said, you know, he could be totally lying, but he said he's like 184, 183, which I mean, if you're that weight, like i mean I, I, not that I give that much too much credence to that because you know the guy has no body fat on him if he's like 183, 184, so it's still going to be a brutal cut. But matchup-wise, I'll say um, I don't think that Harris has great leg attacks. You know, his best um, takedowns come from the clinch. Uh, Impa does have you know a good, a decent ability to dig under hooks, but there's a reason that this line is moving so much in Harris's favor, and it's because he is very reliable to go after what he uh you know to 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 attack the grappling. Impa has shown some susceptibility uh if he is on his back. And you know the US UFC machine go burr. And that's probably why uh, Impa, you know, started off the favorite here, you know. You know, in all his fights, he he has shown a little bit of shakiness. Uh, in Anthony Adams' fight, he came back a little bit. In the Maki Patolo fight, that fight was kind of close, but then he started busting Maki Patolo up, but Maki Patolo was not really good. Um, and then the Buckley fight, you know, he got taken down by Buckley there. So this is a this is for sure a close fight. I think, you know, I'm 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 going back and forth on this fight trying to justify a bet, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking, hey, maybe Impa could dig some underhooks here. His striking is cleaner. And some of the striking that I've seen from Harris, like he throws some like floppy, you know, not very uh dexterous, right? To throw another SAT word there, uh, you know, punches out there. <laughs> Uh, the punches out there, it's kind of sloppy. Um, and I feel Impa definitely can counter him. I haven't seen Impa use his kicks too much, so uh, that's definitely something that I'm looking for him to do. Although maybe he holds those back because, uh, you know Harris is such an adept grappler. But I do think that Harris will take chances. Uh, if he does get advantageous grappling positions, so it does. It's a very uh fight that's uh, very volatile because if Impa hits, you know some good defensive maneuvers, I think he'll be able to escape and get back up to his feet, and it'll be hard for Harris to get him back down. So it's a really really close fight uh here, um you know, and whoever took Harris at plus money definitely has a great ticket here. But I can definitely see why people would be interested in Impa at this price.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling uh, a similar way where it can go back and forth. Uh, I see why people are taking Harris at that plus money. Uh, like you mentioned, Impa has shown some susceptibility in defensive grappling. Taken down by Hill, also taken down by Buckley was the most concerning. Um, but I don't think he really showed like bad things once he got taken down there. It's not like he spent long periods of time or gave up really uh, advantageous positions. So I don't think... Uh, Impa is a proven bad defensive grappler But there's definitely some legit question marks You have to be asking And I agree with your take that uh, Impa is the better striker here. Uh, Harris doesn't look too comfortable on the feet. He did have some success on Aguilera, but it was concerning how Aguilera was able to stuff those takedowns. Um, Like you said, they weren't really set up too well. Uh, He got the body lock. He wasn't able to get Aguilera down, but then he hit Aguilera with two punches. Uh, Aguilera shot. He uh, snatched up a beautiful. I think it was an anaconda. Um, But Harris is a really good jujitsu grappler. Not so proven in the wrestling realm, but when he gets on top even when if you're shooting a takedown on him the guy has deadly front chokes he can keep top position and do good work from there so the fight really does probably come down to Impa kasaganai's takedown defense can he stop these takedowns of harris and you know i haven't seen a wealth of wrestling from harris to think that he's going to get uh, kasaganai down easily so i'm siding a little bit more towards kasaganai here because uh, i think that there is a uh, an iteration of this fight where Kasaganai gets taken down, but can still get back up to his feet and win the fight. Meanwhile, if Harris isn't able to get the fight to the floor, I don't see him winning. I think Kasaganai will keep the fight standing and land the better strikes as the fight goes. So the striking favors Kasaganai, the grappling Harris, and I haven't seen quite reliable wrestling enough to bet Harris here and to pick him. So I'm slightly siding with uh, Kasaganai here, Uh, but like I said, I understand why people came in that plus money, especially as high as plus 150, uh, Like you said, those are some good tickets. So I'm slightly leaning Impa here. So if a pure pick, you had a gun to your head pick on this one. What are you picking, Ozzy? If
1: I had a gun to my head, I'd pick Impa uh, to win. Uh, but I love Harris too. I, I think Harris Nuffy yeah. still has. I mean, even at 34, I think he has potential in this division. And his striking, his striking could still look improved. You know, if he settles in a little bit more, uh, six that jab out. You know, Impa is not a great striker. He doesn't have tremendous speed. He's just super steady. You know, but yep. he's at 170. You know, I'm still, still improving, you know, how, you know, how he's, he's going to do down uh, down in this display class. Yeah, oh, definitely fuck. have
0: some questions about 170. He has looked at his best 185, so. Yeah.
1: Um, but, you, you know, know, Harris is huge, too, so it's not like he has an easy time making 170 either, but I've seen him go to, you know, five-round decisions and, you know, put in a lot of money in the bank, so.
0: Yeah. All right, that's going to take us on to the next fight in the women's flyweight division. we got Erin Blanchfield making her UFC debut here. She is the minus 350 favorite, taking on Sarah Alpar, uh, plus 260 underdog. Um, I'm going to... Yes, you, you, your
1: her. girl. That's your yeah, girl. Yeah, my girl.
0: Yeah. So I got to start this one off. Yeah. So huge crush on uh, Aaron Blanchfield. You know, still waiting on her to reply to my uh, Instagram DMs, but <laughs> um, I'll try. I'll try to keep that out of my analysis for the fight here. But I do seeing see it being a pretty easy matchup for her. Uh, Alpar is just no good at anything. I'm getting a little echo. I want to fix the mic real quick, Ozzy. But Alpar, I mean, just got completely destroyed by Jessica Rose Clark, and you know every aspect of MMA. There, she shot some sloppy takedowns; they were easily stuffed. And, you know, Alpar just did nothing in that fight. She ate some shots. She got taken down, put on bottom. And I mean, she just took a complete beating in that fight. That was at 135. It might have been short notice. It was a tough UFC debut. To, uh, so I'll give her a little bit of slack there. But even going back to watch her regional tape, I mean, there's nothing special there. She is extremely sloppy in all aspects of MMA. So uh, I think Aaron should have reco- covered everywhere. Aaron has some pretty good distance striking. Um, most notably, you know, head kicking uh, Victoria Leonardo, who is an elite MMA fighter, um, if you were wondering. So that's a good win. knocking her out. She's also good on top. She's fought Kay Hansen. She's fought Tracy Cortez, had good grappling fights with them. She's tough to take down. She's good on top and she actually has some pretty decent jiu-jitsu. I mean, I think she's a brown belt training at uh, Henzo Gracie, so you know she's legit in jiu-jitsu. So, I like her uh, by submission here. Plus 450, I think is on FanDuel. I think there's some value. uh It's on DraftKings right now. No odds available on FanDuel, but I like that prop for Blanchfield. I think she's probably going to be looking to hit takedowns here and Alpar is just no good. So, um, I'll be picking my girl Blanchefield to to pull off the uh, the victory here at her debut. What are you thinking about this fight?
1: Yeah, so you know I know Erin pretty well. I think she might have had like a. Kick, uh, maybe like a kickboxing fight, uh, like an amateur fight that I had, or she, I, I was at, I was there personally for her first amateur fight. So I saw her first amateur fight that she won by arm bar. I was there personally. Um, and I've seen her, you know, after I saw that, you know, I kept track of her a little bit, but, you know, I saw that when she was debuting in Invicta, um, and I saw that she won, um, I think EBI Eddie Bravo invitational, um, before that. And I was like, all right, this girl, you know, her, I didn't think her jujitsu was that good, because I, I didn't think I had seen her compete that much. But then when she won that, I was like, all right, she, you know, she beat like a, a high level black belt there. Um so the girls legit um overall. I'm not as high on her in terms of the MMA realm uh, at that this 125 weight class. You know, I think she needs to probably up the strength and conditioning a little bit. But yeah. you know, she is getting a, a fight. She and she has fought good girls. Like I think the Tracy Cortez fight. Honestly, if I'm watching on the rewatch, and I, I I didn't rewatch it this time, but when I was taping Cortez, you know, I, I actually thought that she probably won that fight. Um, you know, more it was it was a close fight, but I would have probably gave that fight to Aaron there. Um, but you know she's getting here a, a kind of a softball in Sarah. Sarah is bigger, but you know, she, she is, is just like a weird fighter. You know, her, her, her paths to victory are really like just being super grindy, um, and, and hoping to, to tire, uh, Aaron out here, I think, uh, for the most part, although, you know, I, I see a lot of people get, getting excited at, you know, some of the finished props for Aaron and, You know, I will say some of her finishes, you know, the the finish over um, Victoria Leonardo was great. You know, it was a great head kick uh, excellent timing, you know, excellent, you know, choice of, uh, strikes. But I, I feel that, you know, I don't know if she's going to really get the finish here against Alpar. Alpar, um, you know, while she is in the fight, she'll, she'll look to clinch. I think, you know, she won't get, you know, the thing is like, Aaron doesn't have great takedowns overall. You know, she'll look to, to throw like, you know, judo trips and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel that, uh, sarah is big enough and you know is is intelligent enough in the clinch with underhooks and you know her hips and stuff that you know she's probably not going to get uchi she might but you know it'd be super dumb if she did but you know you like have to know that that's like the kind of takedowns that aaron is most likely going for early on but if it's at range on the feet i think aaron's gonna be able to use her kicks use her uh, straight punches um you know and 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 edge the fight but i'm not loving her um to finish this i actually think a decision is more more, most likely so i'm kind of looking at the overs i'm kind of looking at the uh goes the distance and you know stuff like that because you know i know hey she head kicked uh, victoria sarah got head kicked by uh she got head kicked, right? She got head kicked by someone. I don't know. Well, she got. Me. <laughs> she, she she looks like Victoria Leonardo. You right? Like you look at these two girls and yeah. they kind of remind you of each other. Um, and she's a little. She's tiny as well. But you know, I don't love the finishes, the finish props. So I would not probably get too involved in that i did take our early number on aaron just because i do think she'll win this uh but you know i i'm looking at those overs and goes the distance on uh blanchfield here i feel that she shared cardios should be good enough here if uh if anybody has a cardio deficiency it'll probably be sarah dropping down to 125 um and aaron you know it should be higher up higher up the rank but i mean at this price here you know i wouldn't parlay you know i don't advise ever going crazy when you go over like p- minus 250 300 on these girls you know i think it's better to to not do it you just never know what's going to happen but if you want to parlay it but you know go go ahead you know do it
0: yeah i'd say the value is pretty much evaporated um you, have, you just got to pick a prop at this point but uh you meant you had a good point about the decision i mean the the finish is going to be errands to create entirely because alpar doesn't like That's do what anything yeah so like she's not gonna like actually try to win the fight once she's losing she'll just like sit there uh and be a corpse so hopefully um Aaron can make it happen there, there,
1: i mean there's like i mean i don't know how many iterations you'd have to make of this fight to get a sarah finish the thing is Aaron's so versed on the ground that even if she did get hurt by a punch or something like that like you know it'd just be so surprising for her to get finished but you know uh, sarah could get grindy here you know Aaron, you know maybe goes all out for a finish you know you, you i wouldn't be surprised by you know sarah you know you know, not winning a decision, but getting to a decision that maybe she wins around. You know, 15 minutes is a long time to fight, guys. Always remember that. It's a long time to fight. Even if you look great, I'm saying even you, you could whip someone's eyes real bad in the first round uh, and only get a 10-9. And, you know, you don't know what happens from there. So, I'm saying, for you sure, know, sure. Sarah, Sarah's big. She could get on top here later on. Um, It's just, I'm just, I don't love parlaying Aaron at minus 350.
0: All right, that's going to move us to the next fight in the men's bantamweight division. We have, I believe, the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, Montel Jackson is sitting at minus 650, JP buys plus 475. Um, you can start this one yes. out. What are you thinking yes. about this one?
1: Yeah, so Montel Jackson, everyone's infatuated with him every time he fights. You'll hear over under on his hands reference two and a <laughs> half, two and a half for sure. Um, you know, I, I love Brett Johns against him. Uh, that price just kept going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, I kept, you know, hitting him live as well. And you saw Montel, man, you know, th- people say he's a good wrestler. Some people that tell you that they're grappling experts in the MMA realm they'd be like, Hey, Montel, he's an awesome. no, man, this guy can he does not wrestle well you know his background comes in greco and like wisconsin they were they were saying you see interviews saying that montel is you know an olympic hope is all nonsense it's like totally a fabrication nowhere close to reality any you can only find like three or four wrestling matches for montel um and he lost all of them so how can you be an olympic hopeful i'm not saying he wasn't good on the regionals like in the collegiate level wherever he was wrestling at but you how can you say he was good on you know uh, olympic hopeful can't win any of these wrestling matches in the wisconsin regional scene so he's he's here you know, he, he's solid. Let me, don't get me wrong. You know, he has some wrestling, but the thing is, his wrestling defense is not great. You know, he'll, he offensively, he's pretty good, but he gives up underhooks. You've seen that Ricky Simone fight. You've seen the uh, Brett Johns fight. You see in multiple of his fights, he gives up underhooks. He's not great in transitions. That's the main thing with him. If he could lock his hands around you, if he can, you know, be off on, on the offensive, uh he's good. You know, he could put you down. You know, he's obviously, he he has some power um he has some sneaky submissions you know he's a good uh, a very good offensive fighter but on the defense is just not there Um, you know, the only, the guys that he's beaten have been, uh, somewhat softballs in the fight against Corrales. Corrales took a crazy beating. So I'm not going to discredit him there, uh, getting tired and all, but you saw that if he can't get someone out of there, you know, sometimes he could get a little bit of a little bit sloppy. And I do think that he struggles to make this one thirty five division. I do think, I think Montel would be better suited at 145. He's long enough. He's strong enough. His hands are big enough uh, to be at 145. So I would do that if I were him. I would wouldn't be cutting this weight. Um, but you know he's coming here against J.P. buys He's undersized. Um, you know people are high on him coming into the contender series. Uh, he got that bullshit win. Where Mark Goddard, you know, came in real early. You know, everybody hates Mark Goddard for that. We were all on Jacob Silva and he, he he cuts that fight short. Um and then he comes in against Bruno Silva and you know, he's just I don't know what he was thinking there, but Bruno Silva just knocked his head clean off uh after after a bit. So JP here, he's up, he's coming up to one thirty-five. He should have a better performance. He's going back to extreme couture just like um Just like uh, Cheyenne did, Um, and he does have some legit wrestling. He has some good uh, entries. Uh, He has a submission game, so you know he he throws some ground and pound. So I think if he can keep uh, keep his gas tank up, if he doesn't fold under some of the shots that Montel will definitely put on him, um, I think he has a chance here. There's no way that JP I think should be priced the same at the same price that jesse who whatever his name is was in the last fight it just doesn't make any sense jp is way better than that guy uh he, he he'd tie that guy in a knot um and he has a chance to tie Montell in a knot if you if you ask me maybe this looks like you know just because i'm i'm taking the 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 uh, boyfriend or husband wife, uh, scenario. Maybe this is like Brian Carraway versus Aljamain Sterling. You never know, man. C- you have two guys who are pretty good grapplers. Uh, maybe, uh, uh montel could put some damage on him but i would fade these er- like montel round one I, you have to think you have to think jp will have a better performance he's not you know he took some shots from bruno silva and apparently bruno silva hits really hard now um and at 135 he should be uh, a little bit more uh uh with a little bit more energy and i think maybe he could get into mon- on montel's hips and if he gets montel down man you know he could get some good positions and look for a finish here
0: I am not as um optimistic about buys as a lot of people are I, plus 450 dog. I, I know I see I see people like I mean you don't have to have much confidence betting a plus 450 but um and I do think that the market generally overrates Montel Jackson like you said the uh, the uh the fight against Brett Johns being the biggest uh, the best example but like when you watch Montel fight Kelleher like he actually did like dust Kelleher like really easily like that 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 is an impressive win and uh, JP moving up to 135 here, you know, that fight against Silva was at 125 and he was getting his brain rattled around, got dropped like three times in that fight. And Silva, not even known for being a big hitter at 135. Now he's moving up in weight, fighting a much more, uh, a much better athlete. And I think Jackson does have some pop in his punches. Um, You know, he dropped uh, Keller with that elbow. He dropped straighter pretty early. I don't think he's an incredible In any aspect of MMA, like you said, I don't think he's a great offensive wrestler. I think he's kind of an awkward striker, but starting to figure things out. Um, But I just think the athleticism is going to be so much for JP to overcome here. I don't think JP that good of a grappler. I mean, if if we go back and watch his regional, he did kind of face uh, a tough strength of schedule. But I think the guy actually like showed he got out grappled more than he did like out grappling other people. Like he, I don't think he's that great of a grappler at all. Um, Like you said, the Jacob Silva uh fight, he, he, he didn't even really win that fight. That was a, a really lucky win for him. And I don't think buys is any good. So um I'm going to be siding with, you know, Jackson here. I, I'm not exactly saying that he's going to justify minus 600, but I would not be surprised to see Jackson just like easily finish buys. Um, And uh, I think he will eventually finish him in probably rounds two or three here. So, uh, you know, I guess I'll I'll, I'll side with uh, Jackson justifying his price here instead of uh, saying there's value on the dog. If you look Um, at
1: Montel's Instagram, man, there are no pictures of him training. Just pictures of him
0: with money going
1: out. (laughs) All I'm saying, man, that's all I'm saying. That
0: is is a bad sign.
1: I feel like JP is coming in here hungry, man. That's That's all I'm saying. He's plus 475. And the parlay monkeys—they're out. So,
0: well, like, uh, I mean, J.B. Boz does have pictures of him training at Fortis MMA, which is a pretty big fate. Although maybe our 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 hatred of uh, Fortis is not uh, is clouding our judgment. because I think they're, they're they're actually doing pretty good this year. I think Fortis
1: came for- through for you last week, head to head against me. Uh,
0: who who, who is that?
1: Alex, Alex Morano?
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um. Good point about that one. All right, moving on another fight fun fight uh lightweight division here. Um this is a short notice fight uh Cameron Van Camp making his UFC debut filling in for Jim Miller. Uh Mota minus 310, Van Camp plus 260. Uh I'll start this one out by saying I think Van Camp is not good. Um he tends to grapple in most of his fights, but I don't think he's a good offensive grappler. Um and I think his defensive striking is pretty much non-existent i mean i've seen him uh trade some punches in the pocket and it just does not seem like the guy's very experienced at all Uh, i think he's fought very low competition a very low strength of schedule i mean if you look at his past few fights the guy that that he is finishing i mean are so low level it just hand picked opponents for him to to guillotine in in 90 seconds or something like that he hasn't shown anything impressive recently and Mota, on the other hand i think has shown some pretty uh, impressive things Uh, i will say that the guy is not much of a grappler i haven't seen him hit offensive takedowns at all. And I've only seen him face a takedown attempt once or twice. So the guy's grappling does have a big question mark around it, but uh, the guy's striking is very proven. He has really good boxing throws, punching combinations really well. Definitely has some good power, some good speed. He's dropped a lot of his opponents, His CFFC opponent, he dropped multiple times. On the contender series, he dropped his opponent multiple times. Has a knockout finish over Joe Selecki. So the guy definitely is a a skilled striker with some power. And as long as he can avoid the takedown of Van Camp here, I think he's going to easily outstrike Van Camp and likely knock him out pretty early on in these exchanges. Uh, Van Camp dropping down from 170 here. I don't know how this guy is going to make 155. Uh, He fought at welterweight like a little over six weeks ago. And I mean, he does look like a a pretty tall guy. I mean, I think he could make the weight, but I'm honestly uh, predicting that he probably will miss weight tomorrow. So hopefully this fight ends up taking place uh, because I think the Mota knockout prop is going to be hitting here. I think that uh, the under two and a half, the fight ends inside the distance are the side to be on here. And I think that, like I said, Mota is going to be hitting this guy really hard in these boxing exchanges. So I'll pick Mota by knockout uh, and uh, pretty confidently as well. I'd cap it over 50% uh, here. So, um, the plus money on the knockout on Mota and the under inside the distance, I like here. What are you thinking about this fight, Ozzy?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Mota's going to knock this guy's head clean off, like for sure, 1,000%. Um, you know, I think they probably end up settling on like a 160 catch weight and Mota. Mota has a hard time making 155 uh, as well, but he's been at. Um, He's been in Colorado. I forget. I Like I said last time, there's so many camps in Colorado, you lose track of them. But he's been at one of them for like, I don't know, six months or something. He was before he was like training in Jersey. And I think that's probably why he took the Miller fight because he's like, I'm not training over there anymore. But I mean, this Van Camp guy went to a five round war with Bobby Volkner. Volker, I, I, I. Not sure, I can't I can't pronounce his name, but if you saw he fought Hamasi in Bellator uh, last year in 2020 and looked, I mean the definition of if you ever wonder like, hey, what does a shot fighter look like? Watch that fight, man. That was a bad one. Like that was like really really bad. Um, and Van Camp lost his decision to that guy. Uh, just you know maybe like a year before that, so. You know, uh, Van Camp, his striking, like I told you, reminds me of uh, Urbina a few weeks ago. You know, he'll walk forward, he'll get punched in the face, and, like, he'll look both ways like, oh, what was that that just hit me? And then continue uh, on. But, I mean, Molta hits hard, man. You know, he hits hard. He hits in quick succession. He has a good pace about his shots. He has good shot selection. So I feel like he's going to box this guy up. One, two, three, bomb, bomb, bomb uh you know hit him from all angles hit him to the body hit him to the head and eventually uh van camp will fold um there's no way this guy's coming for three rounds he's looking to finish uh mota quick and if he does not uh he's gonna start getting beat up here and like i will i almost guarantee that so you know mota is three to one but like this is a three to one that i'd be like you know just of my nature uh i'd be more comfortable parlaying uh mata or mota it, than aaron blanchfield just For sure. me personally you know the, you know some people will look at it other otherwise but i just feel that mota i don't think he's getting submitted by this guy man like i just really really do not see it um they could swing and bang and mota could get hit but you know mota has no, shown no, yeah, no mota has shown a good chin this guy does not have great power great mechanics Overall, he's not a big hitter. I don't think he has many, you know, KO finishes at all. And I mean, I think this guy's going face down, you know, yeah,
0: 100%. Yep, he is a suburb bust, so we're in agreement with that one there. That's going to take us to another late replacement fight. We're not going to spend too much time in this because this fight was just put together. Um, we got Zhu Rong, uh, who was supposed to be fighting uh, Dakota Bush. Um, we got Zurong Wrong taken on Brandon Jenkins. Wrong minus three fifth or three thirty. Uh, Jenkins plus two seventy on the comeback. Um, I guess I'll start this one off. Jenkins coming off of a uh, flying knee knockout on over Jacob uh, Jacob Kilburn on PFL a few weeks ago. Um, the guy's kind of like a noodly orthodox offensive striker. He likes to fight like he likes to appear like he's really relaxed with his hands down and he likes to kind of have like a dominant cruise style to him, but obviously he's not dominant, <laughs> Not He's not that good. His strikes aren't that crisp. Um, but I guess he is a decent offensive striker. I don't think his defense is, is proven at all. I, I don't think he, um, I haven't seen a lot of offensive takedowns from him either. So, uh, I don't think he's really going to exploit any of wrong's big issues. Wrong uh, is a low volume boxer. Uh, I, I think we saw something. This seems like something you would say, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I feel like there was some clear difference between wrong in his first UFC fight and then the different in his regional fights. Like his coaches got in his ear and told him like, hey, we're in the UFC. No more of that first round knockout shit. Let's fight like we're going to the decision because wrong just didn't have any of the aggression, uh, any of the aggression he showed on the regionals. And he looked really tentative in that fight. And it cost him the fight. He got outboxed. He got taken down. And he just got picked apart by Kazula Vargas in that fight. And I think Wrong really proved that he is a really basic striker. He's really relying on that right hand. He's not a good grappler of any right. And uh, I think that Wrong's no good. So uh, I guess the opener, Wrong minus 200, was correct. But where it's at now, minus 330, I wouldn't put Wrong minus 330 versus almost anyone on the roster. Um, So. I guess Jenkins is the side here. He's coming in on short notice. There's a good chance he comes at wrong early and goes for that knockout. So uh, you know, at this price, uh, I think Jenkins is the side to be on, even though I don't think he's any good. But uh wrong's no good either. So uh, I was originally on Dakota Bush here on his money line. Um his submission prop was plus plus six hundred, those were some good bets, but unfortunately those are canceled. Uh what are you thinking about this late notice replacement?
1: Uh I mean uh what's his name uh brandon you know watch like a few of his last few fights i mean it is a miracle this guy's in the ufc like this is a this should be in, i think dana or sean shelby or whoever the other guy is they throw bones out there every once in a while
0: i agree yeah there's a few few fighters like that in this car like where do they get this Ma- mandy bomb chick from where the hell did they find her um, your your uh your microphone cutting out here, Ozzy. I was also kind of wondering where they found this Cameron Van Camp guy. Like, what the hell are they? Where are they getting these guys from? Um, you fix those? All right, nice, nice.
1: Yeah, I think I'm back. So yeah, they throw some bones out there for for low level guys to stay inspired. Um, and I think this is one of them, <laughs> man. They like inspired. you know, like they for sure do. Like, I mean, Brandon Jenkins, you know, God bless him. You know, I think just This guy is just, the thing is, he just cannot hang, you know, with the damage that some of these guys are going to be able to put on him. Now, I'm not saying wrong is necessarily the guy. Um, Apparently, he's 21. Don't know about that. Don't know about that. He was born in in the 2000s. Don't know about that. But... Uh, wrong, you know he has some stuff that I think he 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 he's gonna be able to land on. Um, you you know I think this fight low key sleeper for fight of the night because Jenkins is going to throw spinning stuff. He's gonna throw knees. You know he doesn't care overall. Apparently he trains at Syndicate and MMA, so you know good thing he doesn't need to travel and stuff. Hopefully he's close in weight. So I would definitely not lay minus three thirty on wrong. <laughs> that's just hilarious i would never think that he'd be 330 against anyone like you said um maybe not even jacob kilburn but um you know i would say wrong has been at ETT for a for a few a number of months now since like may or april so that's he's impressive. been training that's good that's good so he's been training over there he's been grinding hopefully they can you know if he's really 21 Maybe they can extract some potential out of him. Um, But I mean, this is the best. I'm not watching this fight. I'll tell you, I'm not watching this fight. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go, you know, talk to my neighbor. I'm going to do something else while this fight is going on. Someone could tell me, hey, this is a crazy live bet. I don't even care. I'm skipping this fight, but... I think Wrong or I, one of these guys is probably gonna knock each other out just because they just throw. You know, if Wrong goes back to what his he did in the regionals, maybe he finds a KO or gets KO'd. But I mean, if you bet this fight, man, God bless you.
0: Yeah, if Wrong, like you said, if Wrong goes out there and did what he did in China, he probably will uh, on, knock please, his head off. Please, please. Um, there's there's a picture of Wrong with Dustin Poirier on Instagram. So you're right, he does. He's been there. Yep. Um. So next fight, um. I know you're looking forward to this one. Women's bantamweight division. We got uh, Rocky Pennington minus one twenty eight. Uh. Penny Kinsad plus one hundred eight. You can start this one off. Uh.
1: Yeah. So you know you got this fight here. I mean Raquel Pennington. You know eleven and eight. Been in the UFC for forever. Trains. Uh. You know as a fiance. I get or married. Who knows? To Tisha Torres. Um. <laughs> and you know has has fought some good competition. Is pretty tough overall. Um, almost got her leg amputated riding ATVs. Not sure how that happens. Um, and she's fighting Panny here, who Panny's got four fights in a row, one. Has looked okay in some of them, but you know, all decisions, right? All decisions. Um, I thought that Alexis Davis fight, you know, I liked Alexis Davis there, like plus 225. I feel like I got a little bit hosed there because Davis is coming on strong, but you know, Panny, she's got a solid jab, she's pretty accurate with it, she's got good cardio. Um, you saw that she was getting hit by leg kicks there, um, a ton. And I just think this is gonna be a fight where you, you kind of know what you're gonna get, it's whoever can implement. Their game plan more and just have more output and and want it more. Um, you know, Ra- Raquel I think probably has uh, some better some better gra- the better grappling here. She'll probably be able to take her. To, I mean, Raquel's a. I don't know if she's on some stuff, but I mean, girl's a unit. Um, you know, low key if you look at her, and I think that she'll be able to to use the clinch here at some points. Um, bully. Panny a little bit you know she lost that holly home fight because she couldn't like use the clinch and like grind on her and stuff and same i mean look at the girl she lost to amanda jermaine holly like these are borderline women, right? Like, I mean, if if we're being honest, like they're just animals. Like these girls are fighting at 145, right? With no issue. Um, and she's fighting Panny here, who she sold down, I thought, significantly in that uh Alexis Davis fight. You know, she she's sharp early on, but I feel that Raquel, she's gonna be able to game plan for uh what uh Panny's coming coming at her with I think she'll be more aggressive than girls like um like uh Sejara and Alexis Davis and Beth you know, Koheya were um, in a, one more intelligent fashion and a, a better output overall, so I kind of like Raquel here. People were betting her that line has like been coming back a little bit. I think it got as high as I like might maybe minus 135 and they got bet down a little bit. But I think anything better than like minus 130 is probably safe for Raquel because this fight is pro- is like for sure going to a decision, and I just trust Raquel more if we go to the third round to win two out of the three. Uh, excuse me, out of the three rounds here. Um, and and yeah, but I mean, this it's not a, a fight that I think there's a big edge on. I just think that Raquel should be able to Im- implement those leg kicks a little bit, control the clinch game, uh, and have more output, and m- probably the better cardio too, in my opinion. Um,
0: yeah, one thing you said is this fight's going to the decision. Uh, GTD is minus 300 here. I, how does this fight finish 25% of the time? I really, really... Uh, struggle to see anywhere near 25% of finishes. I mean, Kianzad, at times, looks like she's going to finish girls, but then she just doesn't. I mean, she landed like 100 punches to the chin of Beshko and was never really close to finishing her. So... I don't see you know any finish happening here. Uh, Kanzad is pretty bad on bottom; she can be taken down, but uh, Pennington's not super active with submissions. And Kanzad has survived the top position of Sejara and Avila, and she's been put on bottom and survived, uh, survived before. Although I think Macy Chaston did sub her uh, back in the day, which is a a bad look on a record but i do agree with what you said here about pennington i mean i just see it being like a 50 50 striking fight uh maybe even a 60 40 edge or kanzad but when you factor in that wrestling advantage that pennington definitely has here um i think the advantage goes back to reichael pennington for the fight here um uh, i just see there's going to be a time when the fight gets into the clinch and Pennington looks to hit a takedown. And she probably does get that takedown and Kenzad's get ups are just terrible. You know, once she gets taken down, that's probably going to be the entire round. And when you have that much of a grappling and wrestling advantage, uh, you're a pretty good round winner. And when the price is this close, I think you're probably going to be the side to side with. So I do agree that uh, Raquel Pennington is decided to be on here. And, uh, you know, she also had a, a good performance in her last fight against Renal, really high output that fight. She landed more and more strikes as the fight went uh, more and more each round. So you can see that she's up in the output as, as the fight goes. And Kianzat, I feel like, never puts together a clean 15 minutes. So like, she's really known for winning like 29, 28 decisions. Uh, that's what the Davis fight was, what the Sajara fight was. She's never really looking completely put together for the full 15 minutes. So at some point, I think Kianzat is going to make a mistake, get taken down and probably lose the rounds in the decision here so uh Ra raquel, uh decision is the pick
1: here's here's a follow-up stat just to support that raquel has gotten to take at least one takedown in her last three fights Panny has been taken down at least one time her last three fights think about it boys
0: yeah one i don't remember how davis took her down do you was it a caught kick or something like it's that like a caught
1: kick but that's the thing she gets
0: her kicks caught she has
1: like she gets her kids kicks caught all the time
0: it looks like she didn't get get controlled because she only had six seconds of control time but yeah still yeah, Like that i can't, I can't believe best hay even took her down i don't remember that shit either um um, but but if the fight does stay purely standing, then I do give an edge to Kansas. I think she could win a decision, but like I said, I expect uh, Raki uh Raquel to mix it up. Um, that's gonna take us to the last prelim. We still got seven fights left, man. This fucking card never Jesus. ends. <laughs> Um next fight uh in the light heavyweight division, we got uh Tafon Chukwi as the favorite somehow, uh sitting at minus one seventeen. Slow Mike Rodriguez minus one oh three. They should call ta- I mean if Mike Rodriguez's nickname is slow, then what do you think uh Tafon's uh, nickname should be? Molasses? Um slug. Yeah, there you go. Um so you started the last one off. I'll go with this one. So I got a bet track in this one. I got Mike Rodriguez plus one oh eight. Took it yesterday, and it looks like some action is coming in on Rodriguez the past twenty four hours. So now's the time to bet. Uh Emrod, I think, uh when there's plus money available i think we should take it and um this fight kind of reminds me of roundtree last week where roundtree looks so bad against people taking him down that the market has kind of forgotten that he's a good striker and rodriguez uh, you know every time he gets taken down he loses the fight john allen devin clark uh, danilo marquez put on a grappling clinic but Tafon chukui is not a grappler he does not hit offensive takedowns um the only time i've really seen grappling in his fights was when he got on top of William Knight briefly there, but the guy isn't a wrestler. So he's not going to put Rodriguez on bottom. He's not a skilled jujitsu guy. So Rodriguez has a good chance of getting back up to the feet. And when it's a striking fight, there's one guy who is used to fighting at 205, who actually has some experience outstriking fellow light heavyweights. And then you have a slow middleweight who's moving up in weight and Tafon just got his ears boxed off by Junyun Park, and Park's a good fighter. I don't think that, like that was a really shameful loss, but I just don't think Ch- Tafon is that good at anything. I mean, he did pick apart um, Jamie Pickett, um, no pun intended. Uh, for that entire fight. But I mean, I found that kind of unimpressive about how he didn't finish pick it. I mean, when you're easily outstriking a guy by such a wide margin landing, clean shots on him at will, it's kind of unimpressive if you don't finish that guy, especially when you see Jordan Wright go out there and dust pick it pretty easily. Um, so I don't think Tafon is that good at anything besides offensive striking. And I don't think he's going to really translate too well, moving up and weight here. The guy was slow at middleweight, he might be a little bit better suited athletically at, uh, at 205, but I don't know. I think he's going to be, he's definitely going to be the shorter guy. I think he could be at a speed disadvantage. And I think this is a favorable matchup for Mike Rodriguez as a guy who's not going to uh, try and grapple with him. And I think uh, Rodriguez should be the slight favorite here. I cap Rodriguez 55%. So uh, I think Rodriguez should be the a slight favorite here. Um, and I'm picking him to win the fight. I don't know. Probably by decision, maybe even knockout. So what are you thinking about this light heavyweight fight, Ozzy?
1: yeah you know i I didn't see this fight coming it's interesting overall you know i think that um <laughs> you know the matchmaking on Tefan that last fight against park just lovely from a odds perspective because like getting plus money on park was just crazy um and you know they're given i mean people people are getting sharper because they're on they're definitely people are betting the smart people are betting uh Uh, Rodriguez. I'll just say that you know I know like one or two touts that like Tefan here. I don't know why though. Like you know Tefan, I I guess people say that he has some Muay Thai accolades. I don't know where. Haven't seen him. (laughs) You know I know he head kicked that uh, guy on contender, Um, but the guy just I don't know. He's just very underwhelming. Uh, He does not have a lot of technical depth, in my opinion. Like if you even look at the takedowns that. Um, that Park went for the takedowns that Tafan went for. It's just on the defense and the offensive side, you know, just a, leaves a lot to be desired. And my boy Slow Mike, you know, Dominicans, we're out here, we're in the UFC. Um, you know, he, he, he falls into just like bad luck, man. Like, you know, he, fi- he fights, uh, um, Danilo Maya, you know, totally unexpected that Danilo Maya is gonna be chaining all those takedowns on him, you know, as such. You know, it, it took a bunch of takedowns for him to, you know, succumb to to the submission there. But, you know, he's defending okay for a while. The thing with Mike is he's never won a decision. His, his cardio is a little bit uh, spotty. You know, you never know what you're going to get there. I don't know if he's cutting too much weight. You know, he puts up videos looking like that, you know, he's training cardio all the time. I don't know what it is. Um, You know, getting caught in that Kimura by Ed Herman is just totally ridiculous. Um, and I was big on him against the, the unjunk, but you know, I don't think he's got a shot, a bad chin. Tefan does not have a proven chin. Tefan's never fought a light heavyweight. Um, he's not gonna have a reach advantage here for, I think, the first time in his career. Maybe against Pickett, he didn't have a reach advantage. Yeah, he didn't have a reach advantage against Pickett, but Pickett was completely scared of him. Um, Man, Pickett's fight in Staropoli—that's a crazy fight. But um,
0: man, that is insane. is—that's a
1: crazy fight, dude. <laughs> what are they uh, keeping him around for? I don't know, dude. I mean, they should cut Staropoli too after that last fight, even though our boy Sean, Sean, or someone—who I don't know—who was on Staropoli. It was K1. I told him not to do it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I might have been there. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are idiots. But anyway, you know, Rodriguez, he's gonna be able to land those knees. He's way taller than Tefan. Like, I don't know how to I don't know how Tefan's gonna win this fight, man. I really don't know. He's going to have to get on top of Mike. hope that my gas is like he hasn't shown me proven power. He hasn't shown me anything, man. Like, I mean, a lot of shine has come off the guy since the contender series win where everybody thought that he looked super scary. But, you know, I'm really skeptical about this guy. He trains with Lloyd Irvin. You know, he trains with Sadiq over there. Um, he's riding his bike. But I just don't know how he's going to beat Mike here. Like, I think they're going to crash into range. Mike's going to be able to get the clinch. Mike's going to be able to use that left kick. Um, Tafan's never fought a southpaw, I don't believe. Just so many negatives here. There's a reason this line's moving over here. I, unfortunately, did not get that plus number because our boy, Martian, he don't want to tell me. He wants to share it. for free to everybody before i get any money down but you know we'll see i maybe i'll have to take some some leftovers and you know take some of this even money on Fanduel. but i mean i don't know how tafan's gonna win this fight um over i think is good tafan i'll share this i wasn't gonna say it before but tafan decision is a crazy number just insane number that i don't think he's finishing mike here and uh and i'm really curious to see his fight though because you know, they're praising this, like you know, Tefan's gonna really come out here with a good performance. And we'll see, man. I don't know. Maybe cut, not cutting those extra 20 pounds will help him. So
0: all right, we're gonna move on to the first fight in the main card, six fights left in the middleweight division. We have Joaquin Buckley minus two hundred, Antonio Arroyo plus one seventy. I'll pass this one back to you as you yes. start this one off. Yes.
1: So Buckley here, um, he's coming in. You know, this is a 185 fight. Um, you know, I think that uh, Arroyo had his last fight against Tom Breeze canceled because uh, Tom Breeze just had another anxiety attack. Um, and he wasn't able to fight, but now he's coming in here against, uh, I think, a tougher, stylistic uh, opponent for him. I think both these guys p- can potentially pose, um, you know, difficulties for each other. Buckley, even though he's 5'10", he's got a reach advantage here in Arroyo, which I don't think Arroyo isn't going to be used to, a guy being able to dip. This is like a thing uh, that Buckley has. He's able to dip down low and still hit you with that left overhand because he's so, you know, he, he has such a crazy reach. Um, you know, Arroyo has bad cardio. Arroyo's last fight was at 195, so it was that catch weight. I don't know why. I don't know if it was him or, or when that couldn't make one ninety five or one eighty-five. But um he, he gassed in that fight. Obviously it was a crazy takedown approach. He gassed in the Moon Moonies fight. He hasn't fought in it, it'll be uh nine months since or I think yeah, nine months to the day uh since he fought in that last fight but you know i just don't think that he does anything all that well if buckley wants to take him down i think he can i think he could scoop double eggs pretty easily um and it's all going to be about energy conservation for buckley being patient which i do think he is kind of patient you know when when he um was bombing on right i thought his hands were pretty uh accurate and i think he's got a lot of good skills so you know he's here he's minus 200 which is a decent price to pay um but a you know, I guess he, you know he could land some head kicks. He could throw some kicks here, here and there. He he definitely has some kind of power. Um, you know, he he messed up. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Regman. Uh, on the contender series with a bunch of kicks and he was able to finish with a, uh, with a choke. So if he's able to get on top, I think he's dangerous, but I think Buckley here is able to, to, to implement his game here more on Arroyo. And I, I don't, I'm skeptical about Arroyo's chin, both of the fights that he's had have been against grapplers and he has not taken a clean punch and Buckley's going to punch him in the face for sure.
0: Yeah, I think, you can just take a Royal knockout instead of a Royal money line here. I think if he's winning the fight, it's going to be striking and he's not really a proven round winner. He's more of like a big moment type of guy. So a knockout plus 500, I think is the way to play him if you like him. And I do agree that Buckley probably could take him down if he wanted to. I mean, Arroyo is just a terrible defensive grappler. Uh, I mean, I know he did look real bad against Muniz and Win, and those guys are, are good grapplers of their own right. Um, but I, I mean, it was just the way he looked doing so. I mean, he looked so helpless off his back. He looked like he really had no idea what to do in some of those wrestling positions. So, if Buckley comes in with the right game plan to, to wrestle, he probably can justify that minus two hundred pretty easily. But I don't see Buckley as the type of guy to to game plan to wrestle. Um, you know, he's coming off of some knockouts. I think he's going to keep trying to keep the fight standing and, and go with the striking. And I think he's going to make the fight harder for himself than it has to be by keeping the fight standing. He's going to give a row his only chance to win um, because we know a row is not winning the fight if he gets to the floor. So I kind of lean a bit more towards a Royal being the value side here, uh, Buckley minus 200 coming off the knockout and him just not having a whole lot of process in general. I think he's kind of a wild sloppy boxer. Um, and I think he's kind of had he's kind of you know overperformed his skill set honestly in his past two fights. So I think the market still might be overrating him a bit. So I guess I'll side with Arroyo being the money line side here, and uh, the knockout prop is also value. I'm not going to go as far to pick Arroyo straight out, but um, I'm definitely not in a rush to lay minus two hundred on Buckley um but you know he's a fun fighter so i wouldn't mind seeing him get back on track and arroyo is, is terrible so if he if he loses and gets out of the ufc that's a win for me as well um that's going to do it for this fight another fun fight coming up next in the bantamweight division one of the better fights on the card we have tony gravely uh, let me find the odds for this one um tony gravely minus 210 nate Minnes plus 180 um i'll let you start this one off again ozzy what are you thinking about this one
1: yeah, you know, I like I kind of like both these guys. Although Manus stole money from me against Shawnee Munoz, um, that really pissed me off. And Tony Gravely did my boy on the regionals, but you know, I use that truck on top, uh, you know, uh, saying often. But Tony Gravely is a truck on top, man. This guy is. Oh man, he, this guy is a good wrestler. Um, he's got good jujitsu. He's training now full time at ATT. He used to train at you know his like home gym like his dad, who taught him like karate or taekwondo um in like North Carolina, but now he's at a t t Mike Brown, I know for a fact loves this guy, talks very highly of this guy. this guy's an animal in the training room. I know this for a fact, um, and I've heard that he he gives guys fits there, all kinds of guys um and he's so he's super solid, he is vulnerable to you know uh sometimes. Um, you know, some transitions, you know, if, if you can like get him off of uh, his pace, but look at his fights, man. Since he lost that patchy mix, like look, between that uh Marab fight, Patchy, look, he saw some Marab, Patchy Mix, uh Bandejas, uh Bermuda, you know, he's only lost a really legit guys, and Nate Manis. Has yet to fight at, uh in the UFC at 135. Is five ten. So you I know he he cuts a significant amount of weight. You know he had a few fights at 140 just from short notice. Um, but he gets backed up pretty often. Um, I you know I I'm skeptical a little bit at, at how much power he actually has. I think he's more of a guy who. Uh, he has to get you with accuracy, right? Finding that chin, then uh, downright power. So I think that Gravely here with his approach uh, to fight to the fight uh, should be able to get get takedowns here. I think that Manis is not as good of a grappler as people think he is, um, especially if when he's on the back foot and he is on his back. Um, Gravely's conditioning, I think, is, is pretty good. He's gone into championship rounds. Uh, if I'm not mistaken on a few occasions. Um and 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 has been uh more than fine. Uh and he's relentless. So, you know, I I, I think that, you know, the price is getting out there a little bit. It was hanging around like minus one eighty five uh for a while and now it's uh over minus, uh minus two hundred. But Gravely's super well rounded man. You know, I, I don't think I don't see Manis being able to get a submission uh like like he did against um uh, Luke Sanders and I think that he will be able to get takedowns at all points of this fight. I don't think uh, if this fight goes into the second or the third round like you see with some guys uh, that Tony will have a hard time getting takedowns here, I think he'll be able to counter Manus on the feet. Um, I do think that Manus has you know some opportunity to, to find Tony's shit at some points, but I feel that he's not going to be able to keep his distance here. You saw um, Luke uh, back him up on multiple occasions but Luke is a complete head case falls apart when things are aren't going well for him uh but you know Nate is uh 12 and 12 and 1 right in his career so I think nobody uh, a lot of people did not think that would be the case but I I just don't think that he is on Tony's level I think this is an accurate price I'm not running to the window to lay minus 210 here but I think he is a side and I think he will win
0: i agree with some things uh disagree with some definitely disagree with the truck on top expression actually looking at my notes from when i first taped gravely specifically written here is not overly impressive top game that so. book is
1: strong i one of my boys 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 fought him and he was like yo that guy that fought Morab and him and he was like tony is strong, well, I, I'm believe you, I, believe he's strong.
0: I believe he's strong um but you know, who's a real truck on top is Brett Johns, who submitted uh, Tony Gravely in a really fun grappling was fight. A great but, um, you know, looking at Gravely's record real quick, it, it's actually crazy how good of competition he's fought. I mean, be, before the he got, before he's even gotten the UFC, he he lost to Sabatini, uh, Ricky Mendez, Murad, Manny Bermudez. I mean, he's only lost to to, to pretty good level fighters, uh, Patchy Mix and Brett Johns. So Maness would probably be the worst opponent he's lost to, and you know. Manesse, good point about him not fighting at 135. I hadn't realized that. The last time he fought at 135 was in TKO, almost about three years ago, I think. Um he got folded
1: it? by a sidekick to the body. So what does that tell you? Maybe he's a little soft when he goes down to 135.
0: Yeah, yeah, very possible. That was a little over two years ago. Um, so hasn't made the weight in a while. And you know, he was getting tuned up on the feet by uh by Sanders before. Um, turning that fight around and finishing round two, he clearly lost round one versus Munoz, almost got TKO'd at the end of round one there. So the guy definitely is a slow starter, lost round one decisively in both of his UFC fights. So, um, I don't really think he's the pre fight side to be on here. I think Gravely, uh, is an output machine. I definitely, uh, like I said, don't agree that guy's a truck on top, but he is, you know, um, a great grappler. He can hit takedowns. He can stay in top position. And the guy just puts so much offense up. I mean, he's constantly throwing strikes. His boxing is getting a lot better. He's incorporating a leg kick into the, his game, and like and like as he said, he shoots a high amount of takedowns. So this guy is really hard to beat when it comes to decisions. He's a good round winner. He's just doing so much in a round; it's really hard to, to win rounds off him um, because he has so much output. So if Maness wants to win the fight, he is probably going to have to land that that counter shot on the feet, hurt gravely, and find a finish. So if you like Maness here, just take Maness inside the distance instead of his money line. I don't see him being able to win a decision. Actually, a line I like um, is available on Draft. DraftKings, Gravely decision only. It's basically the opposite of no scorecards. Gravely, I think if if he wins, if the fight goes to the decision, I think it's like an 80 to 90% chance that Gravely is pulling off that decision victory. So I like that prop on DraftKings, the decision only. And I will be picking uh, Gravely to win by decision. I think... uh, you know maybe the props might be a little bit mispriced on this one because uh gravely's coming off and knocking out birchak but uh, like you said earlier you know birchak shot fighter uh you know just looked so bad in that fight got hurt multiple times and gravely was able to find a finish but i don't think gravely's a a big finisher elsewise so i think this one is going to go the decision uh because maness is pretty durable too i mean he was eating a lot of shots from from sanders early on and ate all of them uh but you know decent point what you said about about uh the, the 135 he might be not as durable here so honestly the best pre-fight bet might be gravely money line i really think he is a pretty safe pick here to win the fight
1: no i don't i don't hate nate i i think nate has impressed me in his ufc career i think he win fights i think he'll win fights i think he's dynamic i think he, i like his accuracy he has power in both hands i just think he's up against it here against Gravely i think this is a bad fight for him but you know i think it'll be a competitive fight man i think it, there's stinky potential for fight of the night um, because yeah, I mean, Tony is a little loose, but I'm telling you, when he's on top of you, it don't feel good.
0: Yep. Uh, Maness, no scorecards, plus 180. Not a bad way to play. Not him, bad. Either. Not bad. Um, Taking us, uh, I actually said a mistake earlier in the podcast. I said Jackson's the biggest favorite. Actually, Armand Sarukian is the biggest favorite mm-hmm. at minus 850, taking mm-hmm. on Christos Yagos. And um, I got init- it. initially. I got it. Also, yeah. Initially, I was thinking like, you know, Yagos isn't that bad. He is kind of like well rounded in, in all areas, so maybe he shouldn't be this much of an underdog. But going back and watching him, uh, you know, get tuned up by Soriano in round one, there that was that was a big concern. I mean, Soriano has been fighting at one forty five the past few fights, and he comes in short notice up a weight class, and he is rocking Christos Yagos with oh, some punches don't remind there. Me. So. Um, Oh yeah, that's right. You were on yeah. You are on Soriano. Uh, no scorecards there too. Bigly. That's, yeah, that's a bummer. Real, real bit bad bummer about that one. It's a shame. Christos Yagos was totally the right side at minus two twenty. Um, I know a lot of people cash big <laughs> tickets on him. So, uh, you know, Yagos is like I said decent everywhere but uh Sarukian is just a level above everywhere. Uh the guy is, you know, a really educated striker, got a really nice jab, good head kicks as well. Uh can hit offensive takedowns. He's a tremendous de- defensive grappler. He can keep top position. I mean, there really are no weaknesses I see from Sarukian. Um So I just think he's going to win this fight pretty comfortably wherever it goes. Uh, It really just becomes a matter matter of, is Sarukin going to finish? Sarukin hasn't finished in his past three fights. He kind of has cruised the decision at times. And another thing about him is, when he's not going to keep the fight standing the entire time. Like He could have easily outstruck Matt Fravola the entire time, but he decided to shoot 15 takedowns and hit 10 takedowns just because that's the way he likes to fight. So... I feel like if you're holding a Tarukian inside the distance ticket, it's probably going to be like a really frustrating bet that you're going to be yelling at the TV for him to do more and to throw more strikes, but he's just not going to do it. Um, but rounds two and round three, with how, with how weak and fragile Yagos was looking versus... Um, Soriano and to just how many levels above Sarukin should be here. He could find a finish in those later rounds. So I assume you're picking Sarukin here. What are you thinking about the, the decision versus finish? And what are you thinking about the money line value? Any value on Yagos at six to one?
1: Uh I mean it's, it's gonna keep going up, and the higher it goes, you know, it I wouldn't like Yagos. This the thing is right now, how I see this is you know, this is more um you know, you you can't think about this like overall matchup base. This is more Yagos just gasses horribly and Sarukian doesn't, and he's so steady that there's no way Yagos is finishing him early, is how I see it. Um, because if 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 you took both these guys in the first round, let's say if it was a one-round fight, there's no way that right that uh Armin it would be, would be this closer, price. Yeah, yeah, Minus Armin Andres, it would be. maybe. Yeah, but Yagos will like practically dies and then uh, relies on his grappling and that's not going to work here. And, um, although I will say after he got his ass, whooped by, uh, Sean Soriano for the pr- majority of that fight, he has gone to Sanford MMA. That is now his base camp. And that will be where he has been training for, I don't know how long. Uh, but for this fight, he is training there. Um, Armin though, you know, he's coming with, um, this guy's solid on the feet. Um, He knows how to mix in his takedowns. He knows how to transition on the ground. Uh, He's working his takedowns with, uh, or his uh, ground game with very legitimate grapplers. Um, But, and I think this fight potentially, man, like I wouldn't, I'm not parlaying Armin, like I'm not doing any of that stuff because I do think there is a chance that uh, Yagos comes out. In this first round and is able to win the round. I feel that like he can potentially land some strikes. I think he could potentially defend some takedowns here um, and, and and make it a, a round that's even-ish, right? That you're seeing it's it could go either way. Maybe he gets up from from the bottom, you know, on one or two occasions. But I think a lot of people are calling out for you know those late Armin finish props, and I think they're legit. I I, I would look at um, Armin by submission. Here late, I wouldn't look for the for the KO because I just don't think this guy has a lot of power in his hands, whether it be on the feet or throwing ground and pound. Although he did land some ground and pound on D- Davi Ramos, if I remember correctly, um, that 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 was clean and was solid. But I think w- with who he's training with on his sub game, I think submission is more likely. I'm high on Armin overall as a prospect. This guy's super legit, um, and I think, but I also think Yagos is decent, so that's why I wouldn't parlay the parlay it. But Yagos gets finished by submission. He's gotten submitted four times uh, in his career. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that I go in the distance, but I wouldn't be surprised at him getting tapped, uh, you know, later on as this fight goes on. Um, and this is, you know, I mean, Yagos has not fought very good competition in the UFC. Uh, if you take away that Charles Oliveira fight and that Dakar fight, and he's up against it here uh, if he slows down in any way, shape, or form, because Armin will not stop.
0: Nice. So it sounds like he'll be stabbing on those uh, late props. Unfortunately, he's only plus 650 in round two plus 900 in round three. So seems like the books know a little bit about this one. Um, but that's going to take us to the next fight in the women's flyweight division. We have uh, Ariane Lipsky as the minus 126 favorite Mandy bomb making her UFC debut plus 106. What are you thinking about this high <laughs> high level women's fight?
1: You know, certified banger here. Uh, You know, we got those foreign, you know, Brazil versus Germany, you know, intense rivalry uh, for for you casuals that don't know that. Um, And, you know, we got here uh, Ariane Lipsky, you know, she's let me down so many times in the UFC. You know, I liked her against Montana. And, you know, to give her credit, (laughs) you know, when she got up, you know, the times that she wasn't flat on her back and getting her face uh, bashed in, you know, she landed a few good punches on Montana. You know, she she smashed up that that nose of hers. I think it was in the second round that she landed, like, a, you know, one or two good punches and definitely wobbled Montana a little bit. And then her corner was like, take her down, take her down. You know, and, uh, you know, Ariani went down like a breeze. But, um, you know, I think here against Mandy, like, I've looked at a little bit of Mandy's stuff, like, I mean, just you know, she's 32 years old, so you know she's uh, I guess she's undefeated, but she's fought uh, some you know, some really bad fighters, like just you know, awful fighters, um, and the like. If if this is staying on the feet, you gotta, I like, I love Ariani. let here, if it's staying on the feet, because she's just way more savage than um, you know, to put it very bluntly, than Mandy is. Um, you know, Mandy's uh, she's two fights removed from fighting a girl who's. Who's 0 and four now in her career, and was 0 and one when they fought, uh, and she f- finished her in in a minute. So Mandy's only been to she's been to the third round a few times, but I feel that here, man, if she's not getting takedowns, which I'm not confident she will get any kind of any sort of takedowns. I mean, ariani has been at ATT now again; like she was at ATT for the for the Montana fight. She stayed there, from what I understand. Like she has to be getting better. Like I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Let me give a, a little nugget. I'm a big fan of what we call dollar cost averaging. You know, they, we take that from the stock market into some of these people's careers, right? So, like, if I bet Ariana Lipsky in like all these fights, I'm like, whatever, man. It's the sunk cost. Like, it's not a like if I'm be- if I bet her all those other times, fuck it, I'm gonna do it again because they keep giving her girls like lower and lower level. I mean, given that Montana and and uh, Shevchenko, like, are they lower level? I don't know. But I just think that Ariani Lipsky has some potential. She has some good hands. She obviously knows some submissions like that uh, knee bar that she got on Carolina was sick. It was a great knee bar. Um, so she, I think she has some <laughs> that was potential. Terrible. It was an awesome knee bar, dog. That, you better not discredit that knee bar. Yeah, she would like, knee bar
0: you. She would have knee no, bar you. She no, would have no. ripped
1: your leg off with that. White, I was that, gonna
0: say. I was gonna say any any two stripe white white belt could have escaped that.
1: No, shit. that was a great one because the girl was going for like that calf, that like back. Uh, you know she wasn't bullshit. going for any pressure uh, uh, yeah no that, that girl doesn't crusher. know
0: what jiu is whatever
1: dog but it was that's a real position and that's a real counter to that position so you how do you like the only way you know that is if you've been in that position you've been grappling so that's why i'm baffled by how she's so bad on her back man like i really don't understand it but mandy she's not big right at least montana and shevchenko they're physical overall and mandy she's a german you know she they, these they don't really grapple over there, man. Like I don't, you know, I don't really think they're doing anything real high level over there. So she
0: trains at SBG Ireland, bro.
1: Exactly. This is my point. Point Ta- proving. Casey
0: O'Neill does,
1: bro. No, right? Casey O'Neill trains in America. Uh,
0: I'll, I'll, let's fact check that. Casey
1: O'Neill trains at Syndicate and MMA. You casual? Okay. Uh, she, but... she 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 dates your boy Ty, who busted all your parle- all, all you chalk boys parlays. Anyway, Ty. Who? Ty grandar whatever the fuck his name is though dude that oh, yeah, looks like a budget brad Tavares. um the fuck that is he you don't know that guy, the leg. guy that lost to the guy that got knocked out by phil hall's and bellator that they, he just lost to him <laughs> that people so are nah. laying like minus 500 against and then they were crying after when they, he lost the decision like oh nah, you, you lost
0: me here you lost me all right that.
1: what all right you don't remember fights man this is not your full-time job
0: i guess um <laughs> You didn't even know the guy's name, like the guy who got knocked out by He's the a guy. He's bomb,
1: dude. He's got like three wins in his career. He's minus five hundred. Pardon me that I didn't look at that fight that much and parlay the guy. Anyway, Ariane Lipsky. She's like a a short minus price here. If Mandy's not taking her down, this has to be a, a advantage to Lipsky here on the feet. And you know, let's let's roll a Lipsky here. I mean, I'm I got her at minus one fifteen. I'm with it. And, uh, if she lets me down again, you know, she's out of the UFC. She gets her visa revoked. She'll never see American soil again, uh, because she won't be able to go back to ATT and afford it. So she's got way more to prove here in my opinion, and I'm going with her.
0: Interesting. Um, I technically have predicted all three of Ariane's last fights correctly, according to tapology, probably get last four or two. Um, but I mean, I do agree that Lipski is going to have a striking advantage here if the fight stays on the feet. But, like, how could you have any confidence on this woman to keep the fight standing? I mean, even in her easiest matchup in the UFC versus DePauda, she still managed to spend, like, five minutes on her back in that fight. Dropped her opponent 10 seconds into the fight and still managed to spend five minutes on her back that fight. I mean, the, the girl is just such a bad grappler, um, you know, to to, to even give her any credit for that knee bar that was just given to her on a silver platter. I mean, n- you know, I didn't see anything impressive there. I mean, the girl is so, I mean, she got absolutely mauled on top by Anthony Neshevchenko. Listen, not,
1: leave her alone. Go to the Mandy side. Go to the uh, Mandy.
0: Go, go over to Mandy. Over to, to, Mandy Mandy. Now, now to Mandy. Now, now Mandy isn't a good distance striker. She likes to act like she is. She definitely comes from like a Muay Thai background. Um, but she doesn't have, good striking she doesn't hit or throw her, her strikes very crisply she doesn't seem like she has much power at all so Lipsy has a striking advantage definitely a power advantage and when the fight's in the feet Lipsy is probably going to be landing hands and doing some damage but manny bomb has hit body lock takedowns in her past two recent fights against wong and against Eckhart. now the thing is against wong she did spend most that of that long fight, fight is,
1: did you see she her striking bro in that one fight lose. There's no way... Yo, bro, if... The- <laughs> Let me keep
0: talking about bomb, bro. Let <laughs> oh, me keep talking don't. about
1: it. Sorry, sorry. All right, so
0: so she did lose the first half of that bomb fight, getting out-grappled for the most of it, but then she she just, you know, hit some takedown and, and got us choke in, in round three. But, I mean, I, I think I, I see, like, a shred of, of game planning behind her. Like, I think she does kind of know that she can hit these body-lock takedowns. She does train uh with john cavanaugh and i don't think cavanaugh is a good coach i don't think sbg ireland's a good gym but i do think they're competent enough to watch lipsky's most recent fights and be like this girl sucks at grappling and we're gonna have a grappling game plan so i do expect bomb to come in like with the right idea she's gonna be looking to try to get the clinch she's gonna be looking to get a body lock and hit a trip takedown and you know that alone, I think, is enough to scare me away from playing Lipsky. I mean, I'm not going to be betting Lipsky as minus. I'm kind of a bit surprised that that you're betting Lipsky with a minus next dude, to her name. Dude, could, I just bro, put
1: on, I just put on this long fight again, just so I could be
0: reminded. When you
1: look at the finish, right? You know, when you get a rear naked choke, you put the hand behind the head, bro. Uh, Bomb puts her hand behind her own head. Did she so tap? She did Wong take tap?
0: Her. Did Wong tap?
1: Eventually, dog. She was in the she was in show for like twelve seconds, like fifteen seconds, and then you see the jabs that this girl's throwing on the feet. Lipsy's gonna. She has to be able to hit this girl at will on the feet. She, yeah,
0: I, I think she would. I mean, look, but then she's probably. Kinda, gonna get she looks kind of
1: big. Like yeah, she looks like she's like you know decently
0: built, but. I mean, this girl striking is bad. B b a d bad. Yeah, but I mean, like... Bad. But here's the thing. It's not like... It's not like Lipsky a lot of time in fight, but it's important. It's not like Lipsky is known for pressuring opponents and like easily outstriking them. She was way better. He was a way better striker than Montana De La Rosa, right? But she also landed five strikes over the course of three minutes when the fight Some was. Some of those
1: were good strikes, though. Yeah, she yeah, but she's not. She's
0: not the one. She's not the type to like press the issue and really go at her opponent. You know. Like, like just just, after like that girl, like, uh, she dropped her, then followed her into guard and laid on top for five minutes. Like, why don't you ask your opponents to stand up? So, uh, I mean, I guess I'll pick Lipsky here. She
1: even landed, ended up on her back against that Wong girl. Oh,
0: which is crazy. Oh no, yeah, she got fully taken down and like controlled on the ground by her a few times. But but that doesn't matter because Lipsky's not going to do that. Dude. Like the thing is, do I don't
1: that. think she's getting better either. You know what I'm All saying? right, like,
0: I ch- I'm changing my pick to Bomb just so we can disagree. Right, bomb, 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 this girl's
1: bad, dude. Bomb bad.
0: Body lock trip. She's going to be hitting that body lock trip like it's easy.
1: She got taken um, down in her Bellator fight. She's bad, dude. This yeah, but she also UFC hit level. takedowns. She's not UFC neither, level.
0: Boy. Neither is Lipski, though. Neither is Lipski. Lipski's better than this girl, man. Lipski needs no, to be this That's girl, Okay, that's possible that she's better, but she's not. It, it doesn't matter. Neither of them is UFC level. Lipski by knockout, plus 500, not bad. Moving on to the next fight is the comic <laughs> The bomb is co-ma- Co-main event in the of the card, we got uh, actually a pretty fun matchup. Light heavyweight division, Eon Kudalaba as the minus 150 favorites. I'm actually coming in on Kudalaba, and Dev Clark pump coming back plus 130. You started off that last one. I'll leave you with the main event. I'll start off here. Um, so, you know, Kudalaba known for coming out of the gate really, really hot every time. The guy slows down really consistently, and... Uh, but he, he's, da- he's damaging in round one. He can hit offensive takedowns. The guy is not a bad offensive grappler. Honestly, um, his distance striking isn't good, but, but he knows how to capitalize on his aggression, uh, on his aggression, unlike Ariane Lipsky, he will come for you in round one and actually try to land hands. He hit those takedowns and Jacoby was doing a really good job landing ground and pound. Um, but you know, his fatal flaws, he slows down after that five, that seven minute mark. He's, he's practically done after that. Um. I don't know that he's ever shown like, signs of life past the the five-minute mark in his entire career, honestly. So that is a huge concern. But in terms of pre-fight bets, you know, you got to think that Kudalaba is the side. He is going to be coming out aggressive. Devin Clark is kind of known for starting slow. He got hurt early versus menafield You know, he found his way into that bonehead triangle versus uh, Anthony Smith. The guy is not exactly a smart reliable fighter in round one. So round one, I do honestly favor Kudalaba. But the fight also could end up looking like the Menafield versus Clark fight where Clark gets hit early is get you know he's surviving that early storm and if he can make it out around 1 he he should be smooth sailing in rounds 2 and 3 to take over um so that really could happen here. That's a super live outcome that Kudalaba might be winning round one, looking like a big favorite, but all of a sudden it's going to hit that wall. So I'd recommend passing on this fight pre, pre-fight pre and looking to live bet Dev Clark here. Uh, right after round one, towards the end of round one, start looking to lock in a bet on Dev Clark at plus four, plus 300, uh, because Kudalaba is going to slow down uh, if he doesn't get him out of there. So I'm kind of interested to see how the wrestling is going to go here as well, because Kudalaba... I think it's kind of a bold claim maybe, but I think Kudalaba has got that better defensive wrestling of the two. I mean, Kudalaba got taken down several times by Antigulov. And then in his next fight, he stuffed seven takedowns from Glover to Like he clearly did make improvements in his defensive wrestling and Dev Clark. I mean, got instant taken down by Anthony Smith in his last fight. Um, so I think if these guys are trying to wrestle with one another, Kudalaba might actually be the better wrestler. Um, so, it's hard to have faith in a guy like Clark who's kind of fragile at times, not super reliable, uh, but he can't does have a good chance if he survives the early round one storm here. So pure pick-wise, I don't even know who I'm going with here, honestly. I guess Clark because I favor him over the 15 minutes, but uh, pre-fight-wise, I don't see any value in Clark. Looked alive, live at him. What are you thinking about this one?
1: You know, what I don't like about Clark is just sometimes he just be running scared. Like, he just runs scared, you know, from guys like you saw in the – Ryan Span fight, like he was just getting swarmed and, you know, completely fell apart and then just ran into that guillotine and, you know, got choked out. But overall, you know, he does move okay sometimes, you know, on the feet like that. I mean, the triangle that he got caught by Anthony Smith was ridiculous. I mean, the fact that you're getting caught in the triangle like that is just, you know, ridiculous. Um, I think the the people that are betting Ian Talab at this price, like at prices like at minus 130 around there, I think those are good bets. I think it's minus 150 now. I don't like it as much there. And I don't think that people are going to be betting Devin Clark that much either. Just because Devin Clark just does not inspire that much confidence. I don't know where he's training at, um, you know, all that much. But I do think that, you know, potentially here, if he's able to um, to, to to clinch uh, Kutalaba, maybe land some of his own takedowns uh, in, in more of the open space, uh he he he'll be able to open up his game a little bit more and just like get to the back clinch and just just hold Kutala. But that's the thing. Devin Clark's kind of harmless. Um he he's very uh uh okay with uh winning decisions, right? Like in his UFC career he has zero finishes. Uh yes he has zero finishes in his UFC career so he needs to win a decision over Kutilaba. um and I don't I'm not betting on that at minus p- plus at plus one thirty uh there's just no way that I could back that like you said if I it, it would have to be a live entry. Uh, here because even though Kutalaba, like you saw in that Dustin Jacoby fight, even though he blew his wad, uh, in the first round, he was still in the fight, you know, even late, there was still potential that he could have won, uh, that third round. He was throwing strikes. And Devin Clark, I don't trust—if these guys are standing toe-to-toe and Kutalaba's is there with some semblance of cardio, I just don't trust Devin Clark. Even how, however much his dad could be encouraging him, I just don't trust him. I don't think he's in there to get dirty, to get grimy um, you know, he might, might want to wrestle a little bit, but, um, Kutalaba, he's got good elbows sometimes in the clinch, you know, he's able to use a lot of those weapons. So I think that guy is dangerous. I don't think he's fucking around all that much. And I think he could ice Devin Clark in round one. So I'm looking at maybe, uh, taking a little stab at, uh, Kutalaba. I mean, Kutalaba round one is an awful price, just a terrible price. Let me take that back. Maybe, I mean, plus 300, I guess on FanDuel is okay. But um maybe look at that, maybe KO round one. I don't know if that's any better. Um, but I think Kutalaba is I think his cardio is better than people give him credit for. Um, and I side with him here.
0: Nice. Um don't disagree with that at all. Like I said, I'm struggling with an official pick, but that's gonna take us to this banger of a main event. Um mm-hmm. we got Anthony Smith minus 170, Ryan Spam plus 145. Not yeah. sure how this fight is a five-round main event. It's really depressing than it is, honestly. But uh, you can start this one off, Ozzy. Yeah. What are your thoughts? They're doing it to us. I don't know why they're doing us like this, man. We're
1: here every week, and this is what they got to got got to give us, man. I so disrespectful, but I'll break it down anyway. So, you know, I was looking at this fight again in the last two days. Um, you know, more because you know, I do think that there's potentially a little bit of value here. Um, and I think it's on the Ryan's fan side. And the reason I say that is, you know, Ryan Spann in the past, have you know, not liked his game all that much. You know, I've thought that he's a little bit flaky in some, in some, uh, instances. Um, but you know, when he's matching up here against Anthony Smith, um, you know, Smith is very content, you know, very often to to play on his back. Um, you know, in the Jimmy Crew fight, he was showing a little bit of a jab there, but I you know, Jimmy Crew, once he got his leg, you know, turned into rubber, um, he was he took him down twice really easily. He was wrist riding him super easily. And it's a it's it's a common uh theme in a lot of Anthony Smith's fights that at this 205 weight class, I just feel these guys. Are, um, you, you know, any guys, any guy that's an any semblance of an athlete, you know, is it just controls him super easily. I mean, if you just go back even to as far back as the uh Volkan fight, you know, in the Volkan fight, Volkan's dominating him, like he, he's got him, you know, turtled, he's throwing shots at him, he's got ga- he ends up gassing just from hitting him so much. And I think Anthony Smith is really riding on those earlier wins over like Rashad and, and Shogun and all that because you know, I. Like, I just don't think he has that much of a t- uh, game that he puts together very much. And I think Ryan Span, especially early on in this fight, um, you know, I don't like that he does not have a lot of range finders. He doesn't have a great jab. He doesn't use it at least, um, you know, utilizing that size. But in this small cage, I feel that eventually he, he will be able to hit takedowns on Anthony Smith. I don't think he'll make mistakes like uh, Devin Clark did, even though Devin Clark got taken down, right? But as soon as he was like, man man fuck this jujitsu stuff right you know anthony smith was on his back with like a twister hook you know once he was like what is this like i'm out of this you know getting his hips high just turning into a wrestling match he gets on top of anthony smith right away and anthony's content to just lay there and uh and play guard same thing happened against rackage and you saw against rackage he couldn't handle those leg kicks that rackage threw you sue you saw against um glover he couldn't handle the power that glover was throwing at his way um and even in that jimmy crew fight when jimmy crew started getting physical with him it didn't really you know it really it worked for sure i think jimmy crew could- Jimmy Krupp wanted to go out in that second round because he's like, I can beat this guy on one leg, man. Like, what, like, what do you mean? So Ryan Span he has a really hard time making the 205 limit. I think he does have some grappling. He has some intelligent grappling. I saw when he uh, got taken down by Devin Clark, he went for that guillotine. Uh, a, a, a small transition that I liked is when he let go of the guillotine and Devin Clark got out of it, uh, Ryan Span immediately went into in in for a takedown, uh, and got on his hips and, you know, got back up to his feet. So I think that he's an opportunistic guy. I think, uh, he's, you know, more shaded towards an early finish for sure. Um, and Anthony Smith, you know, he's, he, he's a little bit of a weasel in the fact that it is hard to finish him. So that's the thing. Ryan Spann, I think could gas out. And you know Anthony Smith could get a late finish, which is a theme in all Anthony Smith fights. But at uh, pre-fight, I like the the Span fight at a plus price here. I think that he'll be able to um, stay in the range where Anthony Smith is not able to use his jab. I think Smith probably tries to fire off a bunch of leg kicks early on, but I think Smith, I mean, I think Span eventually starts uh, throwing some punches, closes the distance, uh, takes Anthony Smith down, and uh, starts to wear on him. And I think gets out ahead. I don't know if he'll necessarily win the fight finishing him in some way shape or form, but I do think he'll be winning early on, and I like getting on that side so I could potentially live bet it if I am watching and I do think that that span has enough power uh to finish Smith, but Smith is a weasel like i said so
0: um i don't know. I don't see him having the the striking skill i mean he he might have the power, but I don't see him having the skill to be able to finish um smith on the feet i mean i think smith is the much better boxer and man span is just such a hard guy to get a read on i think he has huge variance from fight to fight um like i think the best example of the fighter he actually is is the sam alvey fight um where if he can't get the fight to the floor if he can't knock you out easily early on he's not really a, a high level fighter and not really a skilled striker when the fight remains at distance you saw the Sam alvey fight i mean alvey gave him a tough fight that was a close you know striking fight close boxing exchanges the entire fight there's even a moment in time where uh Span walks onto a right hook like eight times in a row. Alby just throws a right hook, literally eight times in a row, and every single punch connects straight on Span. He has no idea how to avoid the punches, and his past two fights, Span, you know, quick knockout over Serkinov. Serkinov's, you know, really past his prime. And always been a fragile fighter. Uh so he blasted him with one right hand. Decent finish, I guess. And the Johnny Walker fight, just such an idiotic performance from him there. Had Walker hurt so many times and just so many bonehead moves by by span there, diving for that takedown. Um I just don't think the guy's that intelligent of a fighter. I really think he is maybe a slightly better version of Alonzo Menafield, um, and I think Anthony Smith, you know, really looked good in his last fight against Krute. Uh, and his jab was looking really good. His boxing overall looked real sharp. I think he's going to have a speed advantage over Span here. And if the fight stays standing, I I do think that um, Smith is the better striker. I think he's the better grappler as well. I think he's the better overall fighter everywhere. But span could win the fight with his athleticism i think that if he capitalized early and tries to land some hands on on smith he could get him out of there in round one so in terms of pre-fight i do sort of agree with you that spans probably decide to be on because you're probably going to get a better live entry on smith uh smith is kind of known for starting slow losing rounds you brought up good examples the gustafson fight the vulcan fight um, and he can be controlled for long periods of time. I mean, the rakish fight was pretty pathetic, how he was just controlled for really long periods of time there. And. I don't rate spans chances very highly of replicating a good game plan here in terms of grappling. I don't think he's good enough of a grappler to to take down and control Smith for long periods of time. I think Smith will defend the takedowns will end up on top position reversing because I do believe that Smith is the better jujitsu grappler of the two. So I think it would be a dumb move for span to try to grapple here. If span wants to win, I think he's going to have to keep it on the feet use his his power and athleticism early. And the longer the fight goes, I think we're going to start to see the skill, uh, disparities show a little bit more for anthony smith and he's going to take over and win the fight late so i will pick smith to win by like a third or fourth round finish like he typically does in these five round fights but um you know it seems like we're disagreeing on this one so i'll be yeah i mean this. i
1: don't lo- i don't love like i'm not putting money on span i just feel like like you said like he's gonna be he's gonna beat anthony smith up for at least like four of the five first you know minutes of the fight
0: so it's possible. I mean, Smith did start real fast against crew. I mean, he was popping that jab out early. He, you know, was presenting good problems, landing his own leg kicks that shut the leg down. Um, so I think as much as I don't like Anthony Smith, I think the guy is a, a more clever and skilled fighter than I like to give him credit for. Um, so I think he, I think he'll be pretty safe in this spot as long as he doesn't get knocked out early. Um, all right. So quick recap, let's do, uh, what, what do you think the worst bet as a favorite is? What do you think the best underdog is? The and The worst think... bet as a
1: favorite. And then,
0: and then what is your pick for fight of the night? Three things. Worst, oh worst favorite, best dog, pick for the fight of the
1: worst night. Worst favorite? I mean, if, I mean, I wouldn't bet Montel Jackson if you paid me. I wouldn't bet Emmy, Emily Whitmire at minus 130. There's no way. I mean, all of those are bad. I think those, both of those are just bad.
0: Yeah, bad, bad, bad. I'll go. I'll go with Z- wrong at minus three thirty for my worst favorite. What's your pick for best underdog? Oh,
1: best underdog. Oh man, I don't. Well, you go first. You got you. You, you probably have a well, I while well, I think.
0: I probably say Mike Rodriguez.
1: Um, I mean, I'm not going to cheat, given that he's not an underdog anymore in most places. Uh, there's not that you know, I'm a dog hunter. I'll tell you guys, I'm a dog hunter. I don't love a lot of the dogs here, other than those, like you know, small dogs like Goldie and I guess Mike Rodriguez. And you know, but those would be the only two like that are dogs overall that I would uh that I would say I like. All the other
0: ones I don't like. And fight of the night pick, what do you go in there? Fight of the night, wrong versus Jenkins nice i'll go gravely menace mm. on that one wrong because
1: the run circles around that.
0: that's a that's a good uh good <laughs> place to end it the podcast coming in at an hour 40 bit long on this one but 15 fucking fights i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of fights to discuss we covered angles on all different of these fights and uh any closing thoughts Hussie? ariana Lipsky for the bag and i'm joking but no 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 other thoughts no other thoughts Nice. Well, you'll be able to see my track bets, my MMA profile. Make sure you check that out before the card starts, and uh, that's going to do it for it. So thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights and win some money this weekend, and we'll see you before the next UFC event, UFC 266, next week. Thanks for listening. Peace out.